The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. That uh, soundbite uh, was uh, Bulk Showalter uh, from the Baltimore Orioles talking about his team being swept. That's right. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mario Vitanzi. Mario, we talked about this several weeks on the show about the Kansas City Royals and the type of team that they seem to be. And, and, and for me, I try to relate a lot of things that I see in life and in sports and entertainment uh, to, to movies and liking it to movies. And the one thing I, this Kansas City Royals team I liken to is uh, there was a movie that featured Charlie Sheen uh, in the 80s. It was called Major League. Oh, you, you mean my at- favorite sports movie of <laughs> all time, Nick? You know what? Of I, course. I, I love that movie because it was something inspirational. And no matter what kind of walk of life you come from, you can pull something out of each character because we've all been into, in a situation where we've been in a dire situation and we're looking for a way to climb out. And, 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 the, and that's the reason I liken that movie to this Kansas City Royals team. They were left for dead. You're talking about 29 years. 1985 was the last time this team was in the World Series. Now they find themselves back. And the organization did a great job of trading, moving guys around, and putting a team together. And like I said, Putting a team together, and, and I have to say this, and talking about the movie Major League and Kansas City Royals, I definitely have to talk about and go back to San Antonio Spurs and how that organization, the great Popovich, uh, find a way to put guys together and, and build a, a team. And, and that's what I think about in sports. It's about building a team, guys who believe in one another, and they cast aside any criticism that comes from 
all, all the outside pundits and say, okay, well, you don't have the largest salary in Major League Baseball. You don't have household names on your roster. But to me, that really doesn't make a difference, Mario. They find themselves in the World Series, man, sweeping the Baltimore Ravens for nothing. What do you have to say? Well, Baltimore Orioles, Nick. But oh, I'm sorry, Baltimore, <laughs> well, here's, Baltimore here's, Orioles. <laughs> here's what I – Ravens fans are equally upset about it, though. Here's the thing, man. Even though they don't have that that superstar player, they don't have a face of their franchise. Like, Lorenzo Cain won the MVP of the ALCS. I mean, last year, about 80% of baseball fans couldn't have told you who Lorenzo Cain was. Now he's right. becoming a household name because he won that award. And, you know, Eric Hosmer, I guess, is kind of identifiable because he was supposed to be, you know, this stud. And for the first couple of years of his career, he didn't really get it done. And, you know, they bring in James Shields from uh, Tampa Bay and give up one of their biggest prospects and Will Myers. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Royals fans were upset about that. But, you know, that's what I love about this team, Nick. If it's not one guy, it's another. Somebody is always getting it done, whether it's Alex Gordon, Lorenzo Kane, Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis. I mean, Moustakis is a guy that batted right around 200 in the regular season, Nick, and he has like four home runs in the postseason already. I mean, and they've all been clutch. They haven't been like, oh, we're up eight to one and he hits a solo shot or we're down eight to one and he hits a, holo- a solo shot. His home runs, you know, put them in the lead or brought them closer. So, I mean, I I love what this team is doing. And like I said last week, the most important thing for a playoff team, and we're seeing it now. No no one's really talking about the National League, Nick, but this is what we're seeing in the National League and the Giants side. It's the bullpen. The three, the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys for the Royals, including Holland, in 14-plus innings pitched, In that series, they gave up one run. That means if their starter can get through six innings and even five innings because they got Finnegan, who was a kid that was pitching in the College World Series for TCU just a few months ago, Nick. Now he's going to be pitching in the Major League World Series. This is a pretty amazing story. But bottom line, you get a lead to the sixth inning or the seventh inning, and this bullpen gets the job done. They lock it down, and the Giants are the same way. That's exactly why they're beating the Cardinals 3-1. to one. It's just timely hitting, getting the ball over to your closers, and getting it done. Well, let me toss this out to you, Mario. I, I, I'm here on sportstracker.com, uh, and I'm looking at the average salaries for Major League ba- Baseball franchises, and, of course, the top two uh, the first one is the Los Angeles Dodgers at over $242 million, and the Yankees are behind them at $233 million. Now, I'm going to scroll down here to the bottom of this list, and this tells you a lot about this Kansas City Royals team and how well they've been put together collectively. Now, their salary, their overall salary is, is nine, $96 million, and I believe they have $51 million in pitching. The Dodgers alone have over $113 million in pitching. Both of the the Yankees and the Dodgers on the outside looking in. And to me, once again, I go back to the fact of basic fundamentals. This is how you win games, whether it's baseball, basketball, or even football. It is basic fundamentals because look at how Kansas City Royals are winning games. They're playing small ball, which I think that's what baseball is to me. 
you know, sacrifice flies, uh, trying to get a runner, a, a, a guy in scoring position so you can bring him home to score points. And you don't need these big home run hitting guys. And I think, uh, are we, and I ask you this, are we going to see more of a small ball being played throughout uh, the major, major League Baseball? Because, you know, like in NFL, it's a copycat league. Everyone tries to copycat. But we're living, we're living in a post-steroid era. So no more of these 60, 70 home run games. But now we're saying small ball. They're winning, playing small ball. And to me, that's the ideal scenario you want to play baseball. It's a team game. What do, what do you think uh, uh, as far as can multiple teams from here on out resort to using small ball as a way of finding victories in Major League Baseball? Well, I mean, I think certain teams are tailored to play small ball, but the reason that you see a lot of the times these these teams with the really big rosters, they don't have a guy that's willing to fall on the grenade, Nick. You know, when you're paying all these guys, you know, upwards of eight figures and they're supposed to be the superstar of the team, I mean, do you ever think Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, or Adrian Gonzalez or any of these guys would sacrifice bunt? There's absolutely no way. You look at this Royals team, and there's nobody on that roster that wouldn't sacrifice bunt. So it really is the mentality of the team as a whole. And baseball is just one of those funny sports, you know. There could be a team, you know, the worst team in the league could be the best team in the league on a good day. That's just the way the ball bounces. That's why I love the sport of baseball, because if you told me going into the beginning of the season, that the Kansas City Royals would not only make the playoffs, but be competing for the World Series, I would probably have called you crazy, (laughs) to to be perfectly honest. But it's all about the mentality and the mindset of these teams. It's exactly what you see from the St. Louis Cardinals and the San Francisco Giants. It's what you saw from the Baltimore Orioles. You look at each and every one of these teams, and there is not – a face of their franchise. There's not one guy. And even though, you know, the Giants and the Cardinals, they've been here before, they're a little bit more high-profile teams, they still adopt the same mindset where, you know, we don't care who you are. You know, if you're Buster Posey or Pablo Sandoval, you might be one of our best hitters, but if we need you to bunt or we need you to do some situational hitting, that's what you're going to do. And, I mean, that, that's why I've loved watching these games because it really is a chess match. And people that don't appreciate baseball, don't like baseball, you know, if you knew the kind of strategy that was going into not only every single at-bat, but every single pitch, it's just a fantastic game to watch. And right now, Ned Yost, I mean, even though he messed up a little bit, I'll give you a situation, Nick, yesterday – Billy Butler led off with a double. Gore came in to pinch run. Probably one of the fastest guys in the major leagues. Definitely the fastest kid on the field. The next guy up was Alex Gordon. Alex Gordon has had a little bit of a hot bat. But you lead off with a double and you have one of the fastest runners in the game on second base. Then you bunt him over. What happens? He strikes out, gets stranded at second. The next guy grounds out to second base. Now, I know that this is a complete hypothetical situation and we can't make assumptions because what happens when you assume? Yeah, we know how that ends. But he grounds out. And when he grounded out to second, Gore would have scored from third. Now, I know the, the pitches would have been different in different locations, but I would much rather try and have somebody score from third base with one out than from second base with one out. That's all I'm trying to say. And that was one of those rare instances where it seemed like Ned Yost didn't get it right. But then it didn't matter because they handed the ball to Holland. He shut it down and the game was over. 
So Ned Yost right now and Bruce Bochy, who I believe is the best manager in all of baseball. I mean, the Giants keep just they just keep doing it. If it's not Matt Cain, it's Tim Lincecum, and now it's Madison Bumgarner and, and Vogelsong, and then their bullpen. They're pushing all of the right buttons, and that's why they're in the point that they're in. But you know what? You know, I have to say this. This is why, you know, baseball is 162 games. And anyone who listens to the show, I mean, I'm not an avid baseball fan, but I like the game. And I pay uh, more attention to the game, especially in October, because that's when, you know, a lot of fanfare and, and it seems like it, it really matters to the players. And it does because it's kind of a win to go home, even though uh, you're not playing in a wild card game or, you know, you're playing in a you know, five game series. It is definitely that win to go home mentality. But to me, this reminds me of, you know, in 9-11, you had uh, the World Trade Center and the unfortunate incident that happened there. I was in New York playing for the Jets at that time. And it was kind of a, a time where we needed a boost. And not saying that right now we're in that same situation, but I liken it once again to the fact of, you know, the, the Patriots at that time, by the name of being the Patriots of what was taking place in New York, they were able to ride that wave of momentum right into the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And when I look at what's happening right now with Kansas City, everyone needs something to cling to. Uh, we know what happened uh, last year with the Kansas City Chiefs and the player uh, that took his life. And, and that city has been somewhat on the downside. But to have something happen like this is very historic for that particular part of the country. And to know that you had two teams, not one, but two teams in, in the race, I think it bodes well for the city, but more importantly for baseball, because I go back to uh, the fact of where all of this has started, but the fact of saying, when you look at the baseball, uh, the World Series, right? The Little League World Series. That now you're riding that momentum. You have a new Major League Baseball commissioner. Now you have Kansas City who find themselves in the World Series that will possibly play against another team with an excellent clubhouse like you just mentioned in the San Francisco Giants. So for me, this is very historic, not just for Kansas City, but baseball as a whole. And those fans who haven't had a chance to watch any of these playoff games, this is the time to tune in and really get your baseball IQ on because I, I love it, man. I, I tell you, I love it. It's a great year. Trick or treat is right around the corner. So I got to have my candy corn. Uh, I wonder if my wife is going to have organic candy corn or not, but I, I'll wait to see that. But Mario, I, I love October and I love the World Series independent race. This is what you, you tune in for. And only uh, the only, I guess, other sporting event that trumps this is the Super Bowl because it's one Agreed. game when it, when to go home. So, so I love that. Of course, we have a lot to get into. Uh, of course, we had the Joseph Randall story that's kind of been a hot-button topic, but we'll save that uh, for later and get into that. But I have to ask you if, you, if we were to get Kansas City, as it's shaping out to be, Kansas City versus the Giants, how do you see this thing shaking out? Because you know, one team is a grinder, they're gritty, that's a sand-like game, major league, like I said. But, you know, you have another team that's been there, they've done that, a lot of uh, team chemistry in that clubhouse, and they know how to win. So when you throw these two teams together, what do you think is going to happen at the end? Well, the first thing I want to say, and I want to reiterate this, because I did say it last week, and I've been saying it on Twitter, I said it on my show here in Denver, Colorado, if this series between the Giants and the Cardinals had gone to seven games and right now Giants up 3-1, I think they got one more in San Francisco, not seeming like it's really going to happen. But if the Cardinals pull it off and they even go to six games, 
But they go to seven games and the Royals have to wait around a little bit longer. This is exactly what happened to the 2007 Colorado Rockies. And everybody called me crazy when I compared them, Nick. But the Royals beat their record of seven straight playoff wins last night. Or just the other night. So I'm sorry, yesterday. So... I wasn't too crazy to assume that, Nick. But then the downfall of the Colorado Rockies, they were the hottest team in 2007 going into that World Series. What happened? They had to wait around for a week plus before they played another meaningful game. And on the other side, the Boston Red Sox took that series to seven. They won the series against the Cleveland Indians. They ended up playing against Colorado Rockies just a couple days later. Baseball is one of those sports where you cannot take off a week. It's just one of those things. Basketball, yeah, you could probably get away with that. Football, obviously, they take a week off or they have a week in between games every single week. Baseball is a different beast. So it's whoever has the most momentum. So the Royals, I guarantee you, Nick, are rooting for the Giants to win and to win soon. Now, if that happens, these teams are very similar in my opinion. Like we said, great bullpens, timely hitting. These guys are getting it done the way they need to. The series is going to start in Kansas City because the American League won the All-Star game this year. So I think that gives a little bit of an edge to the Royals simply because if it goes to seven, which I think it will, it's all a matter of which team is going to have the most home games. That's just my opinion because I don't see San Francisco losing in San Francisco. I don't see Kansas City losing in Kansas City. The other big difference is managers. As well as Ned Yost has done, or as good as he has done, he is not the manager that Bruce Bochy is. No manager has done more with less more often than Bruce Bochy. So I'm going to say the Royals. I can't start picking against them now, but the Giants matchup scares me. We're going to go to seven. Royals are going to win in Kansas City. Wow. Uh, Hey, listen, I'm sure you just made uh, several Kansas City Royal fans happy by saying it's going to go to Game 7 and they're going to take that game. Coming up after the break, we're going to get into a little bit of NFL power rankings to see where your team fits and what they need to do to get themselves right for Week 7 in NFL season. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective here on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, Mario. So, so during the break, I was getting ready to go over uh, what teams could possibly find themselves uh, in the race for the number one draft choice spot for 2015. And right now leading, or in the lead, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, but following in a close second, Oakland Raiders. Now go ahead and repeat for our listeners what you said before uh, we went to break, or while we were at break. I was telling you on break that the the Oakland Raiders are are close, and you're saying, "Whoa, close to what? Close to yeah. being relevant?" Simply because it seems like they have a quarterback for the first time in like since the Rich Gannon era. Nick, right. I mean, you want to talk about heartbreak for Raiders fans? It's been every single signal caller they've had since they made it to the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, and we all know how that turned out. Uh, the only thing is, if they get that number one overall pick. The Raiders have, I mean, they have a history of, of blowing it. They have a history of going after a guy that is all hype, and then he gets to the field and he doesn't get it done. Um, but, the, I mean, the, the Raiders are close. They're 0-5, but they're really not as bad. It's hard for me to say. They're not as bad as that record. They almost beat the Chargers. They almost beat the Patriots. And I know close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. But you do need to look at the facts. And you look at a team like the Jaguars. I mean, the only team they've been close to beating was the Tennessee Titans, who are terrible. You look at the St. Louis Rams, where they won a game that they really shouldn't have. Um, but again, you're looking at these teams. They all have a quarterback in place. And I know Rams fans are like, are you crazy, Austin Davis? Austin Davis broke all of Brett Favre's records in college. All of his college records, That's I should college. say. Uh, hey, man, hey, Nick, I'm just saying, quarterback is not their problem. He has nobody no, to throw to. Are you really Mario. telling me Brian Quick is the number one <laughs> wide receiver? Get out of here, man. They need to give the damn ball that, to Zach Stacy. See, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, and I said it last week, sometimes you go off on, on a tangent, and you can't be believing what you're saying. If you, if you what, sit what and am listen. I, that I don't believe. Okay, you said that Oakland, they were on the verge, right? And I'm thinking... I said they're on the verge of being relevant. Not, being not relevant. Not a playoff team. I'm saying, like, getting to 8-8. Eight and eight. That's on the verge, which is... Which, for them... I mean, when was the last time they were 500, Nick? You were probably still playing. Yeah, Rich Gannon was a quarterback, but still 8-8. Eight and eight. If Oakland fans want to settle for an 8-8 eight and eight season... And look at that as being, okay, well, now we're finally turning the corner. Be settled with that. If you want to settle for mediocrity, go right ahead. That just reminds me of what the, what the 
the Jets fans are doing in New York. It's like, okay, you know what? We will become relevant once that guy in New England, Tom Brady, who they played tonight, once he departs, you know, New England. To me, no, don't settle for mediocrity. If you settle for mediocrity, you get mediocrity. No, every That's what you year, get for being a Raiders fan is mediocrity. Hey, it's dedicated to mediocrity. Look, my mom always told me, strive to be number one. And sometimes, you know, in striving to be number one, there's a possibility you could lose and become number two. Okay, we don't want to settle for number two. We want to aim for number one and, and just kind of get whatever residuals that happen as an effect of not being able to get to the point that we want to get to. But if you want us to be settled with, you know what? It's great to be number eight. I'll, I will never tell my son, you know what? Go out there, give all you have, but we're going to take number eight. We want the eight spot. No. If you're playing the game like they say, like, hey, I'm going to quote my former head coach, Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Well, of course Period. you play to win the game, but I'm just saying, like, you got to start somewhere, Nick. You can't go from Oakland Raiders in the state that they're in now to playoff team slash Super Bowl contender. That's just not the way the NFL works. There's not Why enough not? parity in the NFL. You just got to rebuild. I mean, the years where, you, like, when you saw the Kansas City Chiefs, go from the worst team in the NFL to making the playoffs last year. Let's not forget that the team that was the considered the worst in the NFL, they still had like six or seven pro bowlers that year. So all the pieces were in place. So it wasn't as big a jump as people had previously thought. You get a team like the Raiders who have been so bad and downtrodden for the longest time, you just got to take baby steps, man. You're not accepting 8-8, eight and eight, but that's what you're striving for right now. You got to be realistic. That's step one. Step two is 9-7. and seven. Step three is 10-6. and six. Start talking about that division title. No, no I'm not going to buy that because you say, well, looking at history, I'm going to do just that. Looking at the Seattle Seahawks, what did they do? They got a couple of guys. They got some veterans. They, they went and got a, a bruiser at the running back in Marshawn Lynch. They went and got a 5'10 quarterback that they chose in the third round that no one thought that he was going to be anything in the league. And then they add some fifth-round draft choices like the kid from Stanford. But they weren't, was, as, they weren't as bad as the Raiders, though, Nick. But, but they weren't, they weren't considered perpetually one of the worst teams in the NFL. Well, you don't have to be considered to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. You just said it yourself. You have to build a team. And looking at what Seattle did, they built a team. They got a couple of the guys. They say, listen, this is what we need to win. We don't need a gunslinger, as it's called in the NFL. We need a guy who can do what the coach is asking him to do. We need a guy who can grind out and run the clock down when we need it. We need some guys on defense who are playing with the chip on their shoulder, more like a mountain or a boulder on their shoulder, to show up, come down here, and be physical with teams. That's how you have to do it. When you look at what the Raiders are doing, you go out and hire your coach who's very young, and he couldn't really get his players to buy into what he was selling. Then also you look at the personnel that's being put together on the team to work with. They look, got rid of their the young coach. That's right. They, they got, got, they got rid, rid of, of the coach that they brought in. That's right. And how many coaches did the Oakland Raiders have to get rid of and probably would continue to get rid of? One a year, it looks like. That's right. Now, when you look at what's happening with the New York Jets and Rex Ryan, right? You look at Geno Smith. And, you know, when I watched the Denver Broncos game, that Jets team actually fought back. I was proud to see the young quarterback stand in the pocket, stare down a gun barrel, 
with defenders bearing down on him and still deliver passes. Yes, he made some mistakes in the closing seconds, but it's not all Geno Smith's fault because the offensive line didn't do a great job of protecting him. But at the same time, he is hamstrung. And the reason he's hamstrung, he doesn't have the wide receivers. He doesn't have the offensive line. And Rex Ryan will probably find himself on the outs. And he said this himself because he doesn't have the right personnel. So when you look at both the Jets, you look at the NFL as a whole and Oakland Raiders, if you don't have the proper personnel, you can't win games. That's proven. I agree with that, but the Raiders have better personnel than an 0-5 record. That's the point that I was trying to make. Can we we do our top five now, please? Well, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Right do you ahead. do you want to just go five through one, or do you want to go back and forth? Well, I'll let you go. Let me start by saying this, okay? As far as the power rankings are concerned, they come out every week, and you know, here's the power rankings as though it's being uh, reported. Uh, they have Denver Broncos at number one, the Chargers at number two, Dallas three, the Philadelphia Eagles four, Seattle five, Cardinals six, San Francisco 49ers seven. The Indianapolis Colts, eight, and the Green Bay Packers, nine, and the New England Patriots are number 10. Now, oh, brother. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Before I go ahead and give mine, I'll let you go ahead and give your power rankings for this week. Well, I'll just, I'm just going to do a top five. Five Indianapolis right. Colts, uh, four San Diego Chargers, three Philadelphia Eagles, two Dallas Cowboys, and one Denver Broncos. Okay, number one, Denver Broncos. Now, here's, well, I, here's what I'm ahead. thinking as far as five, because I'm listening to your list, and they had the, the Colts at uh, nine, you said, or no, eight? They, the Colts are at eight. They had the Colts listed at eight. I mean, I've seen some where they're 10th. You look at this team. I mean, first off, the reason that I would have them in the top five is simply because they're going to win six games in their division. I, I honestly right. don't see the Titans or the Jags beating them. I thought the Texans had a chance in Houston, but now they're going to play that next game in Indianapolis. So that's six wins right there. I mean, the two teams that they lost to, one of them was the Denver Broncos the first week of the season. And, I mean, it wasn't really as close as the score, but they lost to the number one team on that list. And then the other loss that they had was against my number three team on that list in the Philadelphia Eagles. So you look at a guy like Andrew Luck, it seems like they're figuring out Trent Richardson. They're, they're covering their tracks. They know they gave too much up for him. And luckily, they made the decision to bring Ahmad Bradshaw back. Uh, I mean, they're, I mean, going into the season, Nick, there are a lot of people thinking, oh, well, he's not going to be able to run the ball. He's not going to be able to do anything after that next surgery. But now, I mean, I would put him as a top 10 running back right now as far as production and bailing the team out. You look at Trent Richardson's stats. I mean, a couple of the times he has 10 carries for like 23 yards, Nick, or something to that extent. You can't do that if you're the number one running back. Anyway, I digress. That's why I have the uh, the Colts as the number five team. And, of course, they're quarterbacked by Andrew Luck. He has so many weapons. Uh, it's hard not to root for him. Number four, the San Diego Chargers. I had them higher, but they really should have lost to the Oakland Raiders. Of course, Oakland just acted like Oakland, and they blew that game. <laughs> I don't think we're, we're really surprised. But the Chargers, I mean, they, they Phillip Rivers is hitting his stride in his career right now, Nick. Last season, going into this season, it seems like Rivers is peaking. And it's not like he has, you know, the best receivers. Eddie Royal was kind of a cast off from Denver. 
Uh, Malcolm Floyd, you know, was hurt a lot last year, but he's, you know, he's a decent target. Keenan Allen had an excellent rookie year last year, and he's really not contributing this year. They brought in Donald Brown, who was supposed to uh, make some noise, and he was terrible. Danny Woodhead, of course, is out. Ryan Matthews, as we know, would get hurt. So they bring in this kid, Oliver, who looks like Darren Sproles Jr., same number, same build, and he's getting it done. And that's just the way that the Chargers work. Their defense will keep it close, and Phillip Rivers gets it done. Uh, Number three, where I had the Philadelphia Eagles, they they just keep finding ways to win, man. I love that defense. I love their special teams. Even if Nick Foles is not getting it done, uh, they can fall back on that running game. And last week against the Giants, I mean, they shut them out, which I was very surprised about. And it seemed like LaShawn McCoy finally got going. I mean, this team is 5-1, and one, Nick, and LaShawn McCoy, who led the league in rushing last year, has yet to start running the football. I mean, it, it's scary to think about. Uh, number two, of course, the Dallas Cowboys. Honestly, I was tempted to put them at one, but you know I would never, ever do that, <laughs> even if my life depended on it. But the reason that they're winning right now is... Tony Romo is able to turn around and hand the ball to DeMarco Murray. We haven't seen the Tony Romo effect, a hashtag Romo effect yet, Mr. Ferguson, because he has the hashtag Murray effect. He doesn't need to throw the ball in the clutch, and when he does, there's not as much pressure on him because he completes that pass to Terrence Williams. In the past, he has to keep throwing the ball. Now, he can turn around and hand the ball off, so he doesn't need to keep the pressure on himself. And of course, number one, the Denver Broncos. A lot of people had Arizona Cardinals as a top five team in their power ranker power rankings, top ten certainly. And the Broncos beat them by 21 points. You know, they go into New York, and Bronco fans are so temperamental, Nick. They go up there, they win by two touchdowns, and Broncos fans aren't satisfied. You know, they want Manning to throw four touchdown passes and for 400 yards every single game. They want the defense to shut out the other team every single game. Let me tell you what. You go across the country, and I'm sure you can speak on this, Nick. You go across the country, you play a morning game in New York, which, by the way, that stadium, not super friendly to the Denver Broncos, if we will all recall and now forget really quickly. And that team, the New York Jets, the New York Jets were embarrassed the week before by the San Diego Chargers. People forget that there is a humanistic aspect when it comes to football. They look and they just see names on a sheet and then players with helmets on and jerseys and numbers and figures. They don't see them as human beings. These are grown men who are extremely gifted athletes who were pissed. Because of what happened last week. Pride was on the line. This was a do or die situation for the New York Jets. If they lose this game, their playoff hopes and dreams and aspirations and a chance of getting back into it are squashed. And they still well, are. Tell you what, They're going to lose to the Patriots. And the Broncos are going to stay 4-1. and one. They'll beat the Niners, go 5-1, and one, stay number one in the rankings. Okay, well, here's my list. And, and I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. Now, uh, for, for me... I'm going to start with 16, and my number 16 will be the New England Patriots. Uh, the five, I got two t- a tie for fifth place. That's Philadelphia and Indy, with Indy taking the lead over Philadelphia. Seattle's number four. Dallas is number three. San Diego is two. And the Denver Broncos are number one. Uh, here's my reasons for putting my teams where I need to, where I just placed them. When I look at the New England Patriots, I mean, they lost, you know, against Kansas City and everyone pretty much left, left them for dead. The same thing they did last year, saying they don't have the personnel. The Hood and Brady are over. 
but they come back and they beat the Cincinnati Bengals and they come back and beat Buffalo Bills on the road. Even though you lose Mayo and Stephen Ridley, I, they, they will get Brandon Browner back. And it's at a very pivotal time in the season. We going into week seven. This was where teams start to make their move as far as making the push for the playoffs. They will, in fact, win that division because Tom Brady is the best quarterback in that division. That's why they will sit. They, they're, they're, I have them ranked six, and they're going to shock a couple of people. Now, Philadelphia, they are what they are. They're doing it on special teams with Darren Sproles. The offense has slowed down as far as their explosive plays down the field, but they still find a way to win games, and that's what you need. Even when you're losing, whether you're down by 14 or 7 in, in the first half, only thing that matters when that's the final second tick off the clock, can you Pull out the W. That's the only thing that matters. Now, the Indianapolis Colts, anytime you have a quarterback like Andrew Luck, you always have an opportunity. T.Y. Hilton, Kobe Fleener, you know, they have so many weapons on this team. All they need is to have their defense come together and, and really stop someone. You know, because when I think about it, it's, it's the same parody of having Peyton Manning on the center. You play great offense, but sometimes you can't slow people down. But Andrew Luck will win that South, and we'll definitely see this team in, in the playoffs, the Dallas Cowboys. No Tony Romo effect all season, but it's hand the ball up to DeMarco Murray. Check down, Jason Winton, maybe throw the ball downfield off of play action, but turn around, hand it to DeMarco Murray. As long as Tony Romo's attempts are down, Dallas has an opportunity. That's why I have him ranked third. San Diego Chargers and Phillip Rivers. You said it yourself. Phillip Rivers and this team are saying, listen, we're just as good as the Denver Broncos in, this, in the West Division. Do we have all our weapons? No. Are we plagued by injuries? That happens. They're hoping that they get healthy at the right time, and hopefully Fortune will be on their side later on in the back half of the season, and they make that late push. The Denver Broncos. What more can I say? Number 18, Peyton Manning. They're going to do it. You lose Trevathan again for a couple of weeks. You had, that has to be a concern for the Denver Broncos. But as long as you have DeMarco Murray, not, excuse me, not DeMarco Murray, but DeM- uh, DeMarcus Ware, and you have Von Miller on the outside getting upfield, putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, that's going to help the back end. Tips and overthrows, Peyton Manning, even though they haven't solidified a run game, they still the number one team until proven otherwise. So that's the reason for my breakdown there. So... Well, so I love it. As long, as long as we agree that the Broncos are number one, then I'm a happy camper, Nick. You know that. Okay, well, coming up after the break, we're going to get into the segment we love uh, so much on this program and give you a little bit of uh, inspirational vitamin as we get you set for the weekend and Thursday night football. You're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. We'll be back on the opposite side of this break. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. That's right. Nick is going to take a break. He's going to take a bathroom break. I am the old divine cousin Randall and this segment we're going to call What the Hell Radio because we're going to say whatever we want to say in this part of the segment. Uh, usually Nick talk about real talk, but I don't got no real talk for you. I, it's Cousin Randall, and I'm going to do it the way that I do it. Now, Mario, I know you're not used to being on the program with me, but I'm just going to bring you into the fold. Now, now real talk. Now, now Nick told me that uh, uh, about 6 o'clock in the morning, he received a call. Now, he's living on the West Coast, and then he received a call from a number by the area code of 902. I don't know what the heck area code is that, but I know that when I'm waking up in the morning or I'm trying to get my sleep, the last thing I need is a call. Now, for all you people out there who are not aware of this scam, Cousin Randall is going to break it down for you. Usually what happens, you get a phone call, and someone's telling you, hey, there's a prize if you call this number. But what happens is if you call the number, you're going to go through a lot of prompts and they're going to charge you international rates coming from the Caribbean or Canada. And the next thing you know, your bill is going to be about twenty four thousand dollars. And I don't know about you, but I don't got time to be paying bills for twenty four thousand dollars. So, Mario, if you receive a phone call, beware of the scam. Real talk. And what the hell radio is going on with this? Cousin Randall, if somebody is calling me 
at 6 a.m. I don't care if it's a block number, restricted number. I don't care if it's my mother. Whoever is calling me at 6 in the morning is going to get either a verbal or a physical beatdown. And that is real talk. Now, moving on. Now, earlier today, Dirk Nowitzki and, and King James, uh, I'm bowing my head. See, I like uh, to call him Prince James. Okay, you call him Prince, I'll call him King, and then we can bring Morris Day and we can call the time and we can do the bird. But right now, I'm going to call him LeBron James. Now, LeBron James and Dirk Nowitzki had something to say, and the great Michael Jordan, once again, had to chime in from down in North Carolina with the Charlotte Bobcats. And what they said was they thought the NBA season was entirely too long. 82 games, 50 minutes, and they said, listen, listen, man, we want you guys to go ahead and slice that in half. We don't need to play 82 games to determine what team is going to be in the NBA Finals. Once upon a time, there was a moment where there was a lockout and we played on a short season and the Miami Heat had an opportunity to go ahead and play in the NBA Finals. That tells us right now, give us historical evidence and documentation that you don't need 82 games. Listen, I don't want to run around for 82 games. Heck, I don't want to run around for five minutes because, you know, my heart is not what it used to be. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this uh, male musu and trying to loosen up my bowels. I don't want to be doing my thing on the field or on the court. So I'm with these boys. We don't need 82 games. What do you say, Mario? Well, first of all, the old Metamuso thing, that's a little too much information for me, Cousin Randall, but that's just me. You know, this 82-game season, he's right. Any other league, but they want to... Uh, shorten the schedule I wouldn't really appreciate it but there is no parity in basketball something like only five teams have won the championship the last 30 years that's what it feels like and so he's right and they're all right you don't need 82 games to realize who the best team is you need maybe 62 games or 65 games but I completely agree with the man 82 cut it down and did you see that they made, they had a preseason game where they were 11-minute uh, quarters instead of 12-minute quarters. I'm fine with that, too. You don't need the extra four minutes. You're watching basketball games. People only tune into the fourth quarter anyway. Let's shorten the season, shorten the games. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You guys caught me while I was booming myself. Okay, and other related news, that team up in D.C., uh, the Washington Democrats, uh, their head coach, Jay Gruden, had this to say about his reserve quarterback, Kirk Cousins. I don't know why he throws so many picks. Hey, Jay Groot, we don't know why he's throwing so many picks. How about this? Maybe if we put Washington Redskins jerseys on the defenders, maybe he'll hit the receiver and maybe he'll score a touchdown, but it'll be a pick six for the opposite team. So, Mario, do you know why Kirk Cousins is throwing so many interceptions? Yes, I do, and it's not really that complicated. Kirk Cousins is throwing a lot of interceptions because he's not a good quarterback. There are people in Washington clamoring for Colt McCoy to take over. And I feel for the man, really, I do. You go from having the rookie of the year, RG3, who seems like he is going to be a star in the NFL. He tears his ACL, comes back too soon last year, goes through the sophomore slump, comes again too soon this season, gets hurt again. Kirk Cousins takes over. It seems like he's the guy. And then he can't stop throwing interceptions. He's just not that good. The bigger problem in Washington right now is calling them the Redskins. That needs to be fixed like yesterday. Real talk. All right. 
Now, remember on this program, we don't refer to that team in D.C. by the name that you just used. So we're going to have to give you a, a, a fine for that one, Roger Goodell style. So anyway, moving on, talking about the Dallas Cowboys, that is. No Tony Romo effect, but there's a Joseph Randall effect. Now, what I don't understand is how a guy who's making half a million dollars a year is out shoplifting, stealing underwear and cologne. What is he, what is he preparing for? He's going to be part of the Australian Outback Strip Show in Las Vegas, uh, uh, Thunder Down Under. What is he doing with this? I don't get it. Man, you know that you messed up when the bail is more than what you actually stole. Like, this dude is making $7 million a year. So it's not that he's stealing it because he can't afford it, cuz. He's doing it because he likes the thrill. You know, he wants people to chase him. DeMarco Murray's been playing so well, he never gets the ball anymore. He doesn't have defenders tackling him. That's all he's trying to get back. Give me some cologne. Give me some underwear. Let security try and tackle me, but I'm going to take it to the house. And once again, now, now typically, the NFL is going or have been under a lot of scrutiny lately for having the players in the news. Ray Rice, Greg Hardy. Adrian Peterson. But but lo and behold, we have another NFL executive, just like Jim Ursay in the news, for DUI, right? The Bucks front office member arrested for DUI. Now, what's happening in the in-spinning sports today? Usually, these things don't happen. And if they did, no one ever hear about it. What's happening now? What the hell radio's going on? Well, what do you think is going on, man? That's just the world that we live in. What you mean the world we live in? The world that I used to live in, uh, guys didn't used to do this. You know, it was you just go out, you hang out, you talk to a couple of girls. If you, if you go and drink, you go ahead and get a limo to take you back. But you got players and executives get pulled over for DUIs. I back mean, in your on. day, you were sitting on the front porch drinking moonshine. Nowadays, these guys are drinking high-quality stuff. They're going out, but they think they're untouchable. They own an NFL team, so their mindset is, why do they need to worry about what other people think? They're above the law, right? They make way too much money to ever get convicted of anything. But now we're seeing the hammer dropped. What I didn't understand, Irsay missed six games from suspension. What in the hell is he doing with the team anyway? Do you really think that that was some sort of detriment to the Colts, that their stupid owner couldn't be around the team? Give me a break, man. If you really want to make a dent, take away a couple draft picks, take away a couple million dollars from him, make a dent. That's all I'm trying to say. And what about this this boy down in, in Tallahassee with that, that nose team? How can this boy continue to get in trouble? I, I, I don't know. Say Bo Jackson said he tried to talk to him. He, he's not take, paying attention to him. Warwick Dunn, Deion Primetime Sanders, that boy who hair who looked like, looked like my. But anyway, that guy who, who down there, everyone's talking to this kid, James Winston, but he continued to make mistakes. Now, I don't know about you, but I know back in the day, all he needed for me to give him a good talking to and tell him, hey, focus on playing football and not stealing crab legs, standing on tables, saying, derogatory statements, or getting yourself in trouble shooting BB guns. What the hell radio is happening with this guy? Man, this is just an example of an immature, idiotic kid that's not ready for the spotlight, man. That's exactly what it is. This dude probably, I'm pretty sure he's not even old enough to legally drink, cuz. 
So he's coming out here. He's acting a fool. And it's, again, the mindset that we're talking about. Jim Mercer thinks he's too big to get arrested. Well, Jameis Winston thinks he's too big for football. He thinks he's bigger than the game. Well, young blood, I will tell you what. You are not too big for the game, and you are off the radar of a lot of teams because nobody, nobody wants to put a draft pick and millions of dollars into the hands of an idiotic child. That's right. I said child who could not handle it. Did you just call me cuz? I did. I'm not. I'm old enough to be your father. But anyway, we're going to move on to something else. Now, when you do the power wakers in the NFL, they were talking about MVP candidates. You have the, the usual guys. You have Tom Brady. You have Peyton Manning. But, but where's the conversation about DeMarco Murray? All I see is Peyton, the guy Romo giving him the ball. He's running through tackles. They beat up on Seattle. How is this guy not in the conversation about being an MVP? I remember a couple of years ago, you had the boy who was suspended, who's on leave, uh, Adrian Peterson from the Vikings, who out uh, a shadow or overshadowed the guy paid Manning to win the MVP of the league. So why is it that the Dallas Cowboys, the Marco Murray, is not even in this conversation? Well, I don't know whose conversations you are in, but in my conversation, he is number two in MVP voting next to Peyton Manning, of course. A little bit of home cooking there, but, you know, it's delicious. So I've, I've always been a fan of home cooking. DeMarco Murray is absolutely the MVP of his team, absolutely the MVP of the NFC. He's the reason that the Dallas Cowboys are 5-1, and one, the reason they were able to go into Seattle and beat them. But as long as we're talking about this, Randall... Can you tell me why J.J. Watt isn't in the conversation then? We're always going to talk about quarterbacks, and I know some people have mentioned J.J. Watt, but this guy has three touchdowns already. Before last Sunday, that was as many as all of the Jets' wide receivers had combined. This guy's getting it done. The Texans really aren't that good of a team, but they are getting wins because of their defense. And who is leading that defense? J.J. Watt. There's no reason a team with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback should be playing as well as they are. Well, I'll tell you this. J.J. Watt definitely need to be in that conversation. He has more touchdown receptions than his teammate, Andre Johnson. And when you can do that on your team and you're the reason, the sole reason why your team is stacking up W's or putting up points, hey, you should be in the conversation for MVP. Now, there's a game tonight on Thursday Night Football. I hope it's not hashtag Thursday Night Blowout. You have the Patriots playing the New York Jets. That team is so deficient. That team is more deficient than my bowels right now. But that's a whole different story. I'm giving out too much information about myself. But I see the Jets pretty much losing this game. And if they lose tonight, which they will lose, their season is over. Rex Ryan is out the door. No more game green because Tom Brady has a cure for that. So that's the way I see things going tonight. Hashtag TNF NFL blowouts. But before I go real quickly, I want to tell you something to read from this book called The Way to Happen is that, that Nick loves to read for it by a guy named L. Ron Hubbard. It says, don't tell harmful lies. Remember this, Mario, don't tell harmful lies. Harmful lies are the products of fear, malice, and envy. They can drive people to do Desperate acts. They can ruin lives. They can create a kind of trap into which the teller and the target can both fall. 
All right, so interpersonal relationship and social chaos can result. Many wars began because of harmful lies. One should learn to detect them and reject them. So once again, and in terms of talking about the way to happiness and reject harmful lies, whatever Mario said today about the Oakland Raiders is a harmful lie, and even he believe it. He doesn't even believe that. But thank you for joining another Secondary Perspective with me, the old divine, Cousin Randall. Nick will be back next Thursday at his regular scheduled time. Mario, we will see you next week as well. And, and I know Nick is working on something real big, and maybe he can get that guy who played uh, on the box series, uh, Doug Flutie Flakes, uh, on the show. But he'll tell you about that later on. Thank you for joining Cousin Randall. You can find Nick Ferguson at Nick underscore 25. You can find him at Mile High Mario. You listen to Voice America Sports. Thanks for the Church Scientology and the provision for allowing me to broadcast here. Or, yeah, yeah, we're going to broadcast here. And Nick, three amigos for getting it done. Until next week, hey, God bless and keep it real on What the What Radio. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.